welcome, true believers, to the Marvel Cinecast, freshly named by Tony this week, uh, for the Incredible Hulk. Uh, joining me uh, this week as well, we have Tony. Hello. And we have Scott. Hey, everybody. So, after the huge success of Iron Man, Marvel's next big movie was The Incredible Hulk, which was kind of a, not necessarily a remake, but an odd spiritual successor to a film that doesn't necessarily count for this. But the Hulk that came out in, I think, to Angie's Hulk that came out in, I think, 2003. And mm-hmm. this film pretty much just recaps his origins from that film in, like, the first five minutes during the opening credits. And I actually thought that was a great thing to do. I don't yeah, definitely. I mean, it's you can waste a lot of time telling the origin stories of a lot of these superheroes, but we've seen them so many times, it's like, please don't. <laughs> so right. I appreciated that they just got through it in the credits. Look, here's what you need to know. It's a guy who was a scientist and bad experiment, and now he's this monster. There you go. Right. We begin. <laughs> the, the Hulk is one of the, uh, of all the superheroes, his origin story is one of the, it's one of the more well-known ones, so we really didn't have to touch upon it too much, besides the opening credits, which I think was perfect. Yeah, and I think, if I remember, I've not seen this, um, but if I remember correctly, one of the big criticisms with the original Ang Lee Hulk was that they spent so much time trying to set up his origins that a lot of people just kind of find it too boring. Oh my god. Yeah. And I think they were just trying to jettison that part of the film. I don't necessarily know if they succeed by the end, but we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, since they kind of recapped the first movie and his origins, we find Bruce Banner on the run, hiding out in some middle town, mm-hmm. Brazil. Yep. <laughs> I was trying to. I was thinking that. I always think of the Fast Five when they because they do the same area. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, yeah, the favelas in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's kind of like it. Well, looks looks a lot alike. Yeah, it makes for great action sequences because you get these really tiny houses that you can leap from, and it, it's a really visually neat because everything's kind of layered where it kind of builds up, so you can jump down to different areas and have people being chased, which they do during the uh, opening yep. act of this film. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's working at a um, bottling company, and. I don't know what he does there. Is he like their tech support? He, yeah, it looks like he. It looks like he's just like a line worker. But then the factory owner calls him up to help with some technical stuff. Yeah, they, they mentioned he's just a, a, a laborer, and the guy was you know saying, "Oh, you're too smart to be just a laborer. You know, let me put you on payroll." And he's like, "No," because he doesn't want to draw yeah. attention to himself. I thought that mm-hmm. I thought that's the most unrealistic part of the movie. Somebody's asking to actually pay you more if you don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, here's more money. Take it, or that uh, there's just like some random white guy in the favelas of Brazil, like working in a factory. It's like, what? Who is this guy? Yeah, nobody questions well, I mean, that. I mean, that is a big part of Act One because he is the local gringo. Yeah. Um, as he gets in trouble with that random gang of people for messing with some girl who has no really bearing on the film outside of that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I mean, kind of to this point, and this is a problem I had when rewatching. This movie doesn't really have a plot. Um, it has things that are happening, but there's like, like, as far as I know, the general plot is General Ross is chasing Bruce, 
and Bruce is looking for a cure. And those are the two things that don't necessarily have any driving action. It's just kind of like, okay, we're going from set piece to set piece because this is where Bruce is now. Yeah, definitely. I, I, um, I mean, I, I guess I, well, if we want to just kind of like jump into the deep end here, I feel like, uh, it, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if there's ever been a Hulk story tell, told well. Like they've all been okay, just the, just overall. But and I, I, I don't know exactly why. I think it's just maybe they just want to have you know large action pieces, which is fine. But I feel like we never really get into the character and the whole internal conflict between man and monster. It's it's very Frankenstein-ish, and I feel like they don't really explore that as well as they could. I, I, I feel like the problem with the Hulk and. The, is that it is Frankenstein-ish or Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and that, mm-hmm. but it's like, because of how the Hulk comes out, it's not like Bruce necessarily controls him, so, so much of it is him trying to suppress it, and that makes, that doesn't make for a very interesting story, because, like, what do you do with Bruce that makes it intriguing, like, the, the original Incredible Hulk TV show kind of made him a fugitive who just went to town to town helping out people and then disappearing, I don't necessarily know if that would make for an interesting movie. And right. it's probably not. I mean, the, it was a the the original TV show was very, I mean, as you would expect, very episodic and very kind of like story of the week. And now he helps this person and turns into the Hulk and fights the bad guy, and there he goes again next episode. So I mean, I don't think that would really work as a film. Um, uh, again, I really I just want to see more of like the psychological conflict than than just let's see how much stuff we can blow up, you know. And- yeah, but and, they I were mean, really good at blowing stuff up in that movie. Yeah. I know it was. They, they did a very good job. The last like twenty minutes of the movie was just like this epic fight with you know destroying the city and you know, mm-hmm. you know obviously two monsters <laughs> going at it. And I mean that was incredible to watch. Yeah, uh, but um, I mean, kind of skipping ahead of this movie as well. I think it was one of the things that came out of the Avengers is a lot of people liked the Hulk in that film, and they were like, they Marvel should do a solo film with him outside of that and I was thinking I think the reason the Hulk worked so well in that film is because he wasn't expected to carry it and there were other people for him to pay off of here right uh, like the first ha- oh go on oh, no. uh, well I was just going to say and another big thing about the Hulk in the Avengers movie is that the, the the moments that people really enjoyed of him were the funny ones where when he would do like you know these, these there would be moments of comedic relief from him and those are the parts that people enjoyed and I don't know if you can make an entire film around that. I, yeah. Yeah, as saying, yeah. I feel like he's, uh, he's kind of like a punchline and like just a little spice to add on to the movie. Yeah, the way, the way he is in the, the cinematic universe seems like almost like he's more drawn to a supporting role. And in the comics, he's not really a supporting role. It just seems like it's something that's hard to transition from the comic books to the, the big screen because... You know, audiences are different. They want to see certain things and don't want to see other things. So it's yeah, it's a little difficult. Yeah, and I I mean, and and kind of to that point, I think he spends not necessarily the first half, but he does spend a good portion of the first half of the movie with by himself. There isn't a ton to um, bounce off of him. Like this is why he gets the sub trap with those people calling him a gringo. And the factory is to give him something to do. Like even the only person he kind of really interacts with is the computer screen, with Mister Brew and Miss and him being Mister Green. And mm-hmm. I and, don't. And of course his jujitsu instructor Hicks and Gracie, who had made a little cameo in the film, which was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. So um, 
But yeah, I mean, aside from that, he's really just on his own the entire and, and, and I kind of get it ahead of myself again. This is something that I noted when I was rewatching it, and it's still true. Um, well, Liv Tyler as uh, Betty Roth has no presence in this film whatsoever. No. Like, I, yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> like, I'm watching her, like, I don't get what she's supposed to be. She speaks in whispers the entire film, except for that cast scene, which is like the only time she has a personality. Yeah, I did notice that when she's yelling at the cab driver. It's the only time she doesn't whisper. And it's like, yeah, this is who you give, this is who you give Bruce to play off of for the middle part of the movie, and it doesn't work. Like, I don't buy the relationship. I don't buy her as anything but like meek. It's so weird that the Hulk would fall for her. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some of the some of the characters were a bit. Uh, off. I, I don't know if um, what's his name? The guy who plays Abomination. Um, was that Tim, Tim Roth? Tim Roth. Yeah, Tim Roth. I felt like I, I don't know. I just didn't. I I, I like him as an actor. I, I just don't think that he was right for that role. I mean, he's supposed to be playing this kind of badass military guy, you know, who's you know been through a whole bunch and is like very deadly and all that, and yet. Just the the actor himself, and there's, it's no fault of his own, but he's very small. Like he's a very like I think he's probably like five six or something like that. Yeah. And just so it's like he didn't appear intimidating at all, just because of his stature. Um. So I don't. It just I did, I didn't buy that, and I don't know. I, I feel like he may may have been one of those because you know there, obviously there are situations in film where they well hire a specific actor because they're trying to push him or whatever and I feel like that may have happened in this movie like you know they were trying to make him a big deal at the time and so yeah. he was kind of like you know but, but the I, magic the magic of movies should have been able to at least make it seem like he was a more imposing looking person than he do, was because do you think it did cuz I don't no I, mean, I don't think and I don't think it did that's what I that's what I mean like they could have because yeah. it's possible other movies and TV shows have done it, but they didn't really with this one. Like you said, he just, I, certain parts of it, he just looked really small. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I guess, I could understand they would want to do in comparison to the Hulk, but like when he's standing next to um, the actor that plays uh, General um, Ross. Like, Gen- yeah, General Ross. He's, I mean, he's much shorter and, you know, smaller than him, so it's like, I don't know. It's it just it, it kind of threw me off a little bit, and I just felt like they could have casted that better. Uh, General Ross, the actor that played him, I felt was pretty fitting. I mean, he looked definitely looked the part, um, and he had a, an air of authority, you know, about mm-hmm. him. So I felt like that that was that was that was pretty good casting. I, I did like him, but I was going to say, outside of the Hulk, I felt like a lot of the actors or characters were a bit more cartoonish than the movie was intended for them to be. Um, like you mentioned, Abomination and General Ross. Like General Ross is really like shouting half of the time, or expand. Like I get that it's really hard to be serious when you're expanding that gamma radiation monster who hooks up. That was yeah. better. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of them do kind of come off as cartoonish and over the top and silly. And it, it, I think it was an odd, it was an odd tonal shift from 
because Bruce's story is a bit more personal, and it doesn't go as deep as they want, like Tony says, where it's like, it's his struggle of having this inner beast that he's trying to get out, and that's a really kind of, you know, something we can understand. It's like having the demon inside of you. For most people, it's like drugs and alcohol, whatever. For him, it's an actual monster. Yeah. But... Then you have the the the, uh, the opposing side, and a lot of them just seem to be these large kind of goofy characters. Like, I don't get um, Abomination's arc in this film, or I mean, Drumsky's. Um, he's just like, oh, inject me with whatever. <laughs> I got smashed into a tree. <laughs> I'm go- inject me with more stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of it was kind of weird how. You know, he's having this conversation after the first fight with the Hulk, and he's like, oh, we should have known what we were getting ourselves into. And then all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, but I want to go back. And if I had the the body of a 20-year-old with what I know now, that'd be dangerous. It felt like it was just throwing all the pieces together that needed that they needed in a kind of Russian weird way to turn him into eventually the Abomination. So. Yeah, and there was they weren't subtle about it. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind he was going to turn evil. Um, even not knowing, not, I knew the characters I've seen in the film before. But yeah, it's like yeah, they're pretty much telegraphing this. General Ross is going to create another monster that's worse than the one that he's chasing, mm-hmm. and he's going to need the Hulk's help. Yeah, I feel like the movie itself was very almost like paint by numbers. Like, like it was very exactly what you would expect of a, of a basic action film. And I was looking at who directed it cause I was just curious. And, um, it was a guy named, uh, or it's a guy, it's a French director named Louis Leterrier or something like that. Um, and I didn't know his name, but he's also directed both transporter movies, uh, the unleashed, unleashed movie with, uh, Jet Li. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that one where he played was it like, uh, the guy's name was like dog or something like that. Do you remember, have you guys seen that one? No, I haven't. Oh, it was pretty good. It was it was it's actually quite good, but mostly I think because of Jet Li's performance. Um, but yeah, prior to this, he had just done the two transporter, the first two transporter movies and that Unleashed movie. So basically, just action movies. So I mean, with not much depth, which this kind of felt like. Well, again, I think it was a it was a counter to the Ang Yi Hulk, where a lot of people complained about that being a bit too cerebral, and so it's like, okay, we need action, we need the Hulk. And you get, like, three major Hulk scenes in this film, and they're pretty decent ends. Um, I like how he is introduced, because he's introduced at first through shadows and stuff, like that you kind of see him, but you don't see him until, like, the very last shot when he screams at um, the luckiest guy in the movie, Filmski, because he throws, like, a um, forklift at him, and he's able to dodge that with no damage whatsoever. <laughs> um, and the second time they fight, he kicks him into a tree, which probably should have killed him. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know what I just realized? that oh, The first scene where we see the Hulk in the factory, it's kind of reminiscent of the scene with uh, in, in the Avengers with um, Scarlett Johansson when he hulks out on the on the um, um, shield uh, carrier. The carrier, yeah. Helicarrier. So, like, that whole, the way that was shot with, you know, the quick cuts in him, like, you know, running in, in between, um, like, this, these this machines and stuff like that. It's like that was kind of similar um, at least the way it was shot. So, but yeah, yeah, it definitely it. was similar. Yeah, and um, and they did get some humor into there. Um, his um, you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. Yeah, pretty, that was that, cool. was that was pretty funny. 
And then uh, this scene, as you mentioned earlier, with the taxi cab ride and how, you know, she starts flipping out. And so he's like, you know, you know I, th- I think I know some uh, exercises to help you control your anger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to say the sex scene as well, where he's like trying to have sex oh, and his heart rate goes was- up. That was depressing. That was real. That <laughs> was really sad. <laughs> it, you know, it's funny because like I was, I was, I've always thought about like you know if I was the Hulk, I would probably just never turn into the Hulk because I don't really get that upset like ever. And then <laughs> with with that scene, I was like, oh yeah, no, that would be yeah. upset for sure. Heart rate. <laughs> I can understand now. It's like how sorry, dude. You can never have sex now. It's like what? Oh no, well, he can. He he'd probably have to drug himself so it wouldn't feel anything. It would be boring, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. This doesn't mean he can't get his heart rate up. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, um, uh, again, this movie just kind of jumps from place to place. Um, he starts in Brazil. He ends up in... I don't, where's the second place he goes to? Guatemala? Yeah, he winds up in Guatemala. Okay, and then he goes somewhere else before then. Doesn't Wait, he? No, when he's in Brazil, he hawks out and then wakes up in Guatemala. Yeah, but um, then, and then after university. that... Oh yeah, that's afterwards. Afterwards, he decides to meet up. We know to. Why did he go to the university? I don't remember. <laughs> he just oh, he's <laughs> trying to get the data because Mister Blue needs the, the like the self saturation, the gamma, all that information from the first oh, blast. Right. So right, he right. could yeah. So they had to go to the go go to the uh, university to see um, if. Uh, Betty still had all that information in the computer, which apparently she didn't. She had it on like a thumb drive that she gave her, gave him later. Yep. Yeah. We also so. had a really awkward passing out of the torch moment where you for no pass the torch to Ed Norton. Yeah. That was and super that awkward. And Norton wouldn't reprise his role of this, in the films. It, that was. It wasn't that awkward until the handshake. First, <laughs> like you know, so like uh, the dude. So so he, so he's delivering this pizza and. In order to get into the facilities, Luf, obviously Lou Ferrigno is a security guard, and so he is like, hey, man, I'll give you this medium pizza if you let me go through. I just, you know, whatever. And so he does, and he gives him the pizza, but then he, he like, does this, they do this weird handshake out of, you remember the, you remember Predator? The, um, Dylan, you son of a bitch. They do that arm wrestling handshake. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, it was that handshake. And I'm like, why is he doing that with the pizza guy? I don't get it. Uh, whatever, <laughs> but yeah, that was a little awkward and weird, but it was cool. Yeah, to I, well, he, was, he was doing it because he got free pizza. I mean, that's what I would do if I got free pizza as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah but, it was uh, an awkward passing of the torch because it's like, yeah, I passed the torch, but you're not coming back, so... Right. Yeah, yeah well, with with hindsight, it's like, eh, you're passing the torch to the wrong guy, but... Yeah. <laughs> Also, kind of speaking of you, for no, I like how they worked in the original Hulk theme into some of the score at times. That uh, sad piano, piano oh, music. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and and how uh, when he was flipping through the channels at the beginning of the movie, um, one of the one of the channels was uh, the original Hulk TV show. A scene from it. I don't yeah. know if you remember that when he was in Brazil and he was watching some uh, Portuguese television. And he was flipping through the channels, and yeah, one of the channels was that, and then he ended up watching Sesame Street or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember Sesame that. Sesame Street won't make anybody upset. Yeah, I exactly. Hope. You never know. It's Sesame yeah. Street. But yeah, um, he goes to the college. Um, you get this. I really felt bad for him. Um, Ty Burrell, who I now know from Modern Family as Phil Dunphy, mm-hmm. um, is is are they just dating or are they fiance? 
I think they were just dating. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't... Well, they definitely weren't married. They didn't live together or anything. But they, I think they were just dating. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think there's anything official. I didn't well, see I a mean, ring it, on her. It, it wasn't official because she dumped in the first second. She yeah, saw immediately. <laughs> That's yep. unfortunate. <laughs> Poor I guy. Broke that. He didn't do anything. It's like, oh, Bruce, you're out of here. <laughs> you were just my standby. Yeah. Until the guy in the green costume <laughs> came back. Yeah. Because apparently everybody hangs out at this one pizza place because pizza's just like the theme of the movie in the middle. Um, yeah, what's up with that? I didn't even realize. I don't. It's, well, it's pizza, you know? I mean, you can't go wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, do they even name. Well, I, I'm sure they named the guy, but yeah, like he knows the pizzeria owner and he's living in his um, spare room or he's changing in there or something. And she comes in late night on a date, I guess, to grab a pizza because. Not so you think it wasn't even open. <laughs> he was chosen up, and these poor people are forcing this old dude to make them pizza. <laughs> yeah, out. as someone who works in a place, it's not a pizza place, but in a restaurant situation, when people come in after your clothes, like normally, I don't even bother. I just tell them to get out. Well, I don't say it like that. Like, get nicely, out. like excuse me, we're actually closed. And no matter how much, no matter what they say. Well, what I'm if they tell you? Them. What if they tell you that they're hungry and you wouldn't like them when they're hungry? <laughs> well, then uh, <laughs> I, I have to see some proof that they could actually transform in order to, uh, you know. Beat what if them. they night? What if they knock twice per night and then you hook up and you realize it's the guy? So or, oh, then maybe. Here's the question. Here's the question. Back to. Uh, you know the Hulk transforming when he gets angry or when his heart rate increases. So when they're getting it on, if he transforms into the Hulk, what exactly well, happens? Does she I, just explode at that point? Like, is it? I think I think that's probably what happens. I think we're all curious. I, th- I think everyone's curious. Everyone who's seen that scene has thought, "Wait a minute." Yeah, I, th- I think she would just kind of blow up. Yeah. I Anyways, don't think there's anything else. <laughs> so, sorry to take us off track there. <laughs> where where were we? Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> yeah, pizza. <laughs> uh, but uh, where where do they go after that? The the pizza scene. That's when they go that's to uh and the college. The college he, and mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, and why they, does he go to the college again? Because he gets the data. I think she was. I think she was like just seeing him off. And there might have been some sort of public transportation there. Yeah, because they were on the bus stop. Okay, because they were on campus, and the pizzeria, as far as I know, wasn't on campus. No, it was not. For some reason, there I guess there was the bus stop that she was taking him to was on campus. I I I guess. I I don't know. Um, but again, we have um, General Ross who mobilizes quickly, and there's no, you don't know why at first, but later on you find out that, um, I don't even remember his name, but Ty Burrow's character calls him. I don't even know when he saw Bruce to call. I guess he just felt mad after being dumped. Oh, yeah, that'd be three, But yeah, we get the, uh, but really the first major action sequence where you can actually see the Hulk, um... And I actually thought this was really cool. Um, I like the different types of weapons they tried to use on him. I like the little sonic um, tanks they had. Mm-hmm. And how he just kind of... I like how he was using the, 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 the uh, jeep doors as a like, shield and attack weapon. Mm-hmm. He did he did that a lot 
or not a lot, but several times in the movie where he would like use things as gloves or to dual wield weapons from other oh. from other vehicles. Like he did it later on in the fight scene with Abomination with the car. He broke the car in half and used them as like boxing gloves. Yeah. So is that all you got? <laughs> I feel like I feel like a lot of a lot of the stuff in this movie was uh, there to sell toys. I would I would think like you know, I, a lot of the vehicles and weapons and things like that. I also but, I mean, that was for it was it was fan service. I know especially like the um the oh, yeah. car like using the car as a um punching as boxing gloves was actually something he did in the comics and fans wanted to see that. The same thing with the Hulk smash where he does the hand cap thingy. Oh yeah, the clap to put out the fire, and then yeah, when he says Hulk smash. Here's a question: Who um, originally called him the Hulk? Because throughout the entire movie, they were just it was just Banner, Banner, and the monster, and then all of a sudden, oh, it was uh, it was the uh, when they after the the first fight or not the first the second fight at the university, mm-hmm. uh, one of the college students was who filmed it. Refer to him as some kind of Hulk creature, right. and then just, the reporter said it too. And then I think that's okay. where it started. I just thought it was it's so weird that it's like now, like at the in the final scene, he just starts referring to himself as the Hulk. Like, you know, he's like, "Oh, Hulk smash!" And then Abomination is like, "You know, come at me, Hulk!" And it's like, "Wait, who who named him? When did this happen?" Yeah, it was, it's there was no official naming process. It was just kind of yeah. it did kind of just happen. Yeah, I also think it's weird. I could be wrong, but Hulk sounds like it was a word that was created to describe Hulk. And it's like the end of Man is still when Superman's mimicking Superman, when he's like, Clark is doing the cave thing. And it's like, yeah. how are you posing as Superman if you're Superman? Like you, It's kind of the universe imploding on itself. But yeah. Um, but it's like, what, I, do you, what do you expect? I mean, it's it's, again, this is just kind of like an action movie, very basic story so it's like a, you can't really tr- you know try to yeah you know find all these plot holes because they're they're just going to be everywhere just you know <laughs> we gotta let that go it's also kind of interesting i believe of the three times he transformed in this film the one at the college is really the only time he transforms out of anger the first time he transforms self-defense and the second time the third time he transforms is just to he just transforms um in the college, I don't think it was out of... Well, I mean, I guess... It was out of anger because they tackled Betty, and he got yeah, upset Yeah, you're right, Betty. you're right, yeah. That's because he was going down until he saw them tackle Betty, and that's when he snapped. Man, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's got a serious anger issue. It's like, I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I think about all the times that I've lost my cool in my life, like, and it just doesn't happen that often. So, I don't know, he needs to consult someone. <laughs> but, but the thing uh, is, he's always angry, so... I don't That's know how true. you're going to undo that. I don't know. He's got issues. Um, so, okay, so we have the college scene. They, or he hulks out, tears stuff up, um, and then takes off. And then where do we go from there? I'm trying um, to remember now. They, they go somewhere nearby because they take a ferry into New York. So it has to be somewhere not too far. Um, but, yeah, they hang out. Um, they're pretty much on the run, so he tells her... It was kind of a funny scene where he kind of gets rid of everything in her purse and you can't carry any of this. And then it's like, can I take, can I take this? Can I take this? And she, he's like, yeah, you can have all this. You just can't use the credit cards in your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was... Can they track my lip balm? No, no, you can you can use that. <laughs> and um, then, okay, yeah, so then they go and uh, I guess um, he send, uses someone's computer to send an email to Mr. Blue so that they can meet up and try to cure this thing. 
which I don't know why he just didn't do that from the beginning. I don't I, he because he wasn't sure that he because remember he had to go get the data from the university. Okay, and right. He didn't know that he had a cure until the start of the film. Right, right, right. Okay, that's a good point. So, so yeah. Then, but of course, they track the email, and when they go to Mister Blue to ha- to get cured, which I guess it didn't really cure him, it just kind of cured that episode of it. Then they get attacked again, mm-hmm. or they get captured basically at that point, yeah. right? Yeah, he gets he gets a sniper shot full of tranquilizer, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in a very well, I think I thought the scientist scene was kind of funny, um, but I thought the because um, there's a part after they capture Banner where like one of Ross's agents is talking to Mister Vu, and then um, Drumsky just hits her in the head. I'm like, I just find that really funny because it's so random. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the the lady's talking to him, he just comes up behind her and knocks her and out. Knocks out. Yeah. Like, Why are you always hitting people? Yeah, <laughs> which it's such a good question. It's like everybody's so hostile in this movie. Like, what's going? On? But it's like I'm sure everyone in the audience was asking that yeah. already. So, and, but uh, then of course he, you know, I, I you know I, I thought that his acting when or. or um, What's his name? Uh, Tim Roth. His acting in that scene was pretty good. Where he was, he he looked like an addict who was jonesing. You know, when he was telling the guy that he wants to be more powerful. You know, he wants to be like the Hulk, and so he was going to have the guy, obviously, inject him with the stuff to so he can fully transform into Abomination. I I really enjoyed the way his his character was acting in that scene. So yeah, that, that was, was pretty good. That was a nice performance yeah. there, for sure. And then, of course, it turns into the abomination and starts wreaking havoc on the city. And, like, the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie are just this epic, you know, destructive sequence, you know, of events with abomination tearing through Harlem, and which I, is pretty insane. <laughs> it was funny because rewatching that, I was watching the movie. I, I kind of understand why people don't like this film. And then it got to the camera. I was like, okay, I remember why I bet for this film is because the final action sequence is probably one of Marvel's best so far. Because it's just mano y mano, monster versus monster. It's like mm-hmm. this huge sprawl through the streets. Then they take it up buildings, and it, it's like it's a really well done monster mash. Um, I would say the one thing we miss, and because I wanted to bring this up later, is that at some point the scientist, whose name I should probably remember at some point, uh, Mr. Gets, Blue, but, but his actual name. Oh, I think oh. it's Samuel Stern. Yeah, he gets he gets um dosed for some of his some of Bruce's blood. Oh, and that, yeah. And that starts to form... He was... I mean, he's... I don't know if they ever come back to it, but he's supposed to be the leader. And right. Yeah, it's one of those things that... Um, at the end of the day, as much as I, I kind of enjoyed this film the second time around, and we'll get to this, I guess we can kind of... It doesn't have any bearing on the rest of the cinematic universe at all. No, not at all. I mean, it was, it was a good... I think it was just another nod to the fans. Um... You know, to but I don't think it's ever going to really come into play. Yeah, no, I think it, I th- mean I think if this movie had done well, this was all kind of a lot of this was set up done well for like sequels and stuff. But yeah, because they got rid of Ed Norton and they kind of aren't doing so your Hulk film, a lot of this stuff kind of got brushed aside. I mean, jumping way ahead, the the end sequence here is Tony Stark showing up to talk to General Ross about the Avengers Initiative. Oh yeah. And that is something that is completely never followed up on. So much so that when I think Iron Man 2 came out, or Thor, they had to do a one-shot explaining away the sequence 
as Shield sending Tony to kind of annoy General Ross so that he wouldn't sign up for the Avengers. Like, not General Ross. They want for some reason they wanted the Abomination and not the Hulk. Uh, okay, I don't remember that. When no, there is, this is... There's a one shot called um, the the ne- Negotiator. Huh. And, and it's a longer version of this sequence where it was actually Shield sending Tony to distract um, General Ross so that he wouldn't want to be part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. initiative. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it, I, it, it is kind of weird. Like, um, I guess without watching or reading you know, that, that one shot, it's like you just expect, okay, well, he's going there to add him to the team, but then in the Avengers, he's, he's not. They're just, you know, he's out wandering about doing his thing. I mean, they are tracking him, though, of course, as they mentioned in the Avengers, that they never lost track of him, so... Yeah, but even if you know. wanted the Hulk, why would you go ask General Ross? And, yeah. I, <laughs> and it's it's thing, not like it's his to give or anything. Yeah. And the other thing that doesn't make any sense when we get to I Am Hand 2 next week is that Sean, Tony is no longer part of the Avengers Initiative by the end of Avengers. I mean, by mm-hmm. the end of I Am Hand 2. Yeah. So it's that they would send him. He's disqualified. Well, yeah. And yeah. we'll get to We'll get to the timeline more next week, but um, Iron Man 2 takes place sometime during that fight at the cottage because that is something that Tony and um, Fury see on the TV when they're talking in Iron Man 2 at some point. Yeah. Okay, so it is possible that the end credit scene of the Hulk took place after Iron Man 2. But at that, but it, it would really make sense if it took place before Iron Man 2, because Tony's kicked out of the Avengers Initiative for being difficult to work with. Um, so it would make no sense for S.H.I.E.L.D. to send him as their spokesperson if they don't want him on the team. Right. So it either has to take place before or somehow during the Iron Man 2 film. And I don't think during would work very well, considering yeah. what happens throughout it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that they say that this movie is, is like the the Hulk from this movie is the Hulk in the Avengers, but I don't know. I I, I feel like it would be best to just kind of not <laughs> have it be part of that universe. Uh, it just seems like there are just too many holes in you know the story and in the especially the act having a completely different actor and and I don't and not just a completely different actor, but the way that they play the Hulk. It's 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 a different Bruce Banner. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. I mean, so, he becomes I, much more awkward, kind of like awkward scientist in the Avengers yeah, than he is in the, the movie. To that point, Bruce isn't much of a scientist in this film. <laughs> like, right. Like he understand he understands when Stearns is speaking, he can kind of, but like he doesn't really do anything that's very scientific. Mm-hmm. I guess you can probably say. Like when he fixes the machine, but that's more electrical than a physicist, which I think he is. So it's weird that that's kind of part of the characterization they got rid of. Yeah, they definitely. I would say, I almost say they dumbed him down. You know, in the in the movie, like his mm-hmm. character is more of a, an like an action kind of almost like spy thrillery kind of character as opposed to, you know, just this nerdy, yeah, mild mannered. Yeah, because I mean that's really I mean you know Bruce Banner is a, a scientist and he you know works at a university and all this stuff and it's he's not some James Bond you know dude who's running through the favelas of Brazil taking out you know um, yeah. military trained guys it's like that's not him at all 
So I definitely feel that um, Mark Ruffalo, his version of Bruce Banner is 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 more true to the story, true to the comics, true to the the what what you would imagine the character would be. Yeah, I think I think Mark Ruffalo does do a much better job at portraying the the Bruce Banner role than Edward Norton. I think you know, and it's weird because Edward Norton had a full movie to kind of establish that, and all we got for Mark Ruffalo was some scenes in the Avengers. Right. I mean, that said, I, I did I did enjoy Edward Norton's portrayal. I think he did quite well. I, but again, I feel like part of the reason why it was so accepted he was so accepted as being a good Bruce Banner was because we had just come off of the abomination pun intended that was 2003 <laughs> <laughs> you know Hulk so I feel like um it, it, it was like you know we had this pretty terrible version of, of Bruce Banner in the Ang Lee Hulk and then you know to have um the one that we have in, in the Incredible Hulk it's like Okay, yeah, it, it's much better. It's not still not necessarily great, maybe not the best portrayal, but it's definitely way better than what we had in the original. Yeah, it, it's definitely safe to say that. So, yeah, um, and we kind of touched on its face in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, where it stands as far as like its date being part of Iron Man two and whatever and like in the grand scheme it doesn't really matter for the rewatch because none of this stuff comes back i don't think like literally nobody from this film shows up in anything else no uh, yeah i mm-hmm. uh, i mean unless you are a diehard hulk fan i i don't know if i would really i would probably just skip this one you know honestly it's it's an it's an okay story the action scenes are pretty cool to watch but Ultimately, it doesn't have any. It doesn't affect anything in in, in the universe um, going forward. So, I don't know. I'd probably just skip it. It's you know. I just. I, I wish they would do a a good Hulk film, and I feel like it can be done. Or, no, not to say okay. This was good. I wish they would do. They could do an amazing Hulk film. Um, but I just feel like. I don't know. I feel like they're just. It, it's all they they focus. They're focused so much on. We just need to get as much action as possible. I feel like it maybe is the same issue that they that they have with Superman. It's like when you have a character who resolves every problem by just being stronger. That's not a good character. It's not it's not a well written character. And it's the same with Superman as it is with the Hulk. It's like oh no, we're having this problem. Let's just be stronger. It's like oh, okay, I guess. Well, I think <laughs> but, I think what I think what makes Superman work better than the Hulk in this case is the same thing we said before, is that Superman is surrounded by people he can bounce off of. You know, we're saying Jimmy Olsen, Perry White, all those people. You know, in the next film, back like, that makes it interesting, and that's why the Hulk works in the Avengers. He can pay off a of Tony Stark differently than he can pay off a of Captain America, than he can pay off of Nick Fury or something like that, and that's why it works. If it's just the Hulk left to his own devices, it's not that interesting because nobody knows. Like you said, nobody knows how to balance where, like, okay, we want these giant action sequences and we need somebody who's big and strong and tough like him. Because who else is going to stand its chance against him? Um, yeah. Well, I feel like the Hulk, I think the, the best villain to have in a Hulk movie is the Hulk himself. I feel like I would really like to see just a, uh, a dark psychological 
kind of like exploration into the mind of Bruce Banner and into the conflict and maybe not focus so much on let's blow stuff up, you know, focus more on the character and on on the psychology of it. That's what I'd like to see in a Hulk film, but that's never going to happen because they need to sell toys and people like to see things get, and people like to see things get blown up. (laughs) People definitely like to see things getting blown up. Yeah. You gotta admit (laughs) <laughs> which is fine but yeah I, I, I just feel like we're never going to get a really uh, interesting look on the character this way which I guess is whatever I mean the, the film did okay I don't think it was exceptionally profitable I'm looking right now at the uh, budget and the box office box office it had a budget of about 150 million and box office was about 260 which generally um, is in order for great. a film yeah in order for a film to be profitable you usually want to double your money in the box office because of you have to consider marketing and the 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 um uh um the theaters take a fairly large cut of of the box office so i mean honestly i don't think this film was really profitable well i mean so I it, think it, it may have it may have just made its money back I think the easiest way to see that is that they have no sequels planned. Like, you know, for anything we said that didn't work in this film, if it had made $500 million, you know we would have been on The Incredible Hulk 3 by now. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I think... Um, I'm, I don't... Yeah, they haven't mentioned anything. I, I know they've laid out their plans for, like, the next five years or something, and then I don't think they said anything about doing a Hulk film. So no, I'm curious it, to see where they, where they go with his character, because, I mean... They're they're making movies for everyone, <laughs> and it's like I don't know. Maybe they just are giving well, up I, on the whole for a while. And I mean, you know. I think it works. It, he works in the team set, and I think what they did with him in Iron Man three was cute. Um, and I can oh yeah yeah that was, that I, was pretty good. And there are ways to kind of get him to certain other films if they want to, but we'll discuss that later on. I guess after we get through phase two. Um. So, I mean, I think we've all kind of said it in various ways, but would you recommend checking out this film? Um, I would say that unless you plan on doing some sort of big Marvel movie marathon where you just watch all the cinematic, you know, phase one, phase two, unless you're like watching them all in a row for, I don't know, some sort of party or something, I don't think that this is necessarily one that you need to watch i think it's something that you can skip you know it's if you skip this one you're not going to be missing out on key key features of the rest of the marvel cinematic universe it doesn't it's not really necessary to watch yeah i would agree with that definitely it's not necessary to watch i mean honestly i i I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone because there was just so much of the film where not not as much as the Ang Lee Hulk, but it definitely dragged at parts, and it was kind of boring at parts. And I, the end scene was really cool, but and a couple of action scenes in between. But aside from that, there's it's it's just there's no point. I would just skip it. Yeah, I always check. I didn't realize it's, it's close to two hours, and it I I don't want to say it doesn't feel that way. I think because there's really not much here. There's not a lot of meat on this bone. It's um it's bookend by a very great action sequence, one of, uh, I think, Marvel's best to date, but everything leading up to that just isn't really necessarily worth it. I don't necessarily think it's a bad movie, which I think a lot of people give it a rap for. I just think it's really kind of uninteresting until the end, 
And as we noted before, like if you want to do a rewatch, it's not really needed. There's nothing in this film that would be vital to anything that came after it. So yeah, I would recommend skipping it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, well, we we had a strong strong movie last week, and now we've got one not so strong. What what, what are we doing next week? Is it you said? Uh, it's, it's Iron Man two. So. Iron Man two. All yeah. right. That'll be so, interesting. Yeah, I have not. I don't think I've seen this film since its original. I own it on Blu-ray, so I've probably seen it once since then. But it would have been, I guess, five years since I've seen this film. So I'm really kind of curious to see what happens. So um, join us next week, uh, True Believers, as Tony, Scott, and I dive into Iron Man 2.